Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Welcome, everyone, to Manufacturing Talk Radio. My co-host, Lou Weiss, is out on assignment, so he will not be joining us today, but I do have joining us the committee chair for the non-manufacturing report on business that comes out of the Institute for Supply Management, and that is Anthony Nieves. Anthony, welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thank you. Always glad to have you with us, particularly when your your report is really good. <laughs> <laughs> and why don't you kind of go through some of the highlights for our listeners? Certainly. So when you look at the release uh, this morning uh, for the non-manufacturing sector, uh, the NMI, the composite index, came in at 53.9, which is 3.5 percentage points lower than the June reading of 57.4, and about three percentage points lower than what uh, economists were projecting for uh, this month's release. What we're seeing here overall is um, a slight cooling off in the non-manufacturing sector. Uh, last month, you know, the question was posed, you know, how sustainable was this level of growth for the non-manufacturing sector? We've seen this buildup uh, for the prior few months, and uh, as we see, it's a combination of how sustainable it wasn't, and two, we're in the summer months, and even though we have seasonal adjustments, we see a, a waning uh, typically f- or historically for the uh, non-manufacturing sector. Uh, Anthony, when does that, if it picks up again, I'm sure it will, begin to pick up again? Is that kind of a September event? Yes. It, we, we see it typically, you know, slowing down, you know, June, July, August. It starts to, to wane a little bit. But we had a very strong June reading. Uh, to your point, yes, September, we start to see that picking up and going into uh, the, the remainder of the uh, third quarter, going into the fourth quarter. I always like to see how this trends out over a period of uh, two to three months uh, before uh, trying to uh, reach any determination as to what the direction might be. And what mm-hmm. should be noted is our respondents uh, specifically have indicated in their comments that uh, they're projecting uh, you know, a, po- a positive outlook uh, moving into the fall which is where where that comes into play. Well, that's certainly encouraging. Uh, we, we want to keep this economy rolling along. Uh, any particular comments that jump out from any particular sector, Anthony, that you uh, would like to share with our listeners? I uh, look at the one that came from um, uh, right off the top of the uh, respondents' comments. A typical and expected midsummer slowdown in hiring activity by employers is causing a normal slowdown in business for this time of year. We expect a sharp ramp up of business activity over the next three months. And that comes from management of companies and support services and is indicative of when we look at the employment index is at 53.6, it's down 2.2 percentage points. But again, we see that this baseline moves each month, and anything north of 50 is always going to be a good sign. And uh, we have the jobs report coming out tomorrow. Projections, depending on uh, you know which um, uh, company you look at, are somewhere between 175 to 180 thousand jobs they're projecting. 
so we'll have to see how that how that uh, what the results of that are tomorrow. And uh, I think overall, uh, looking at the picture for um, the non-manufacturing sector and what our respondents are telling us through their comments uh, is that uh, again they're positive. Uh, they have a positive outlook going forward. Mm-hmm. Now I know it's out of the sector that you happen to be in, which is health care and social assistance. Uh, the comment was business volume slowed some in June. Are you, in fact, seeing that in your own uh, enterprises? I have. I've seen the uh, what we uh, call the patient census or the number of patients that we are uh, having um, listed similar to would be like inventory. Uh, our census, our count, our head count of patients that we service, uh, we've seen that drop uh, both May and June. Uh, and 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 July, so it's been a little bit of a slowing down there, uh, and that's typical with good weather, warm weather, and we might see that pick up again uh, as we go into the fall with uh, the rest of the uh, various industries. Yeah, that's interesting, Anthony. I would think that someone who needed care in April still needs care in July. Any particular reason it it softens a bit in the summer? It's a that's a great question, and one when we are taking care of people that have uh, different surgeries, especially orthopedic surgeries. Many doctors vacation in the summer. That's why we see the uh, slowing of business. The other thing is that people tend to stay healthier in warmer weather. As we see the weather change, uh, that's when you see the effects of the weather on uh, people's health, especially as we deal with the elderly patients. Mm, Very interesting. Are they getting out and about more? Well, uh, for, for t- particularly in my uh, enterprise, we deal with homebound uh, patients, so they're not getting out as much, but uh, uh, typically for doctor's visits and whatnot. But uh, for the most part, uh, as we see, again, in the summer months, uh, the weather does directly impact um, uh, the effects on, on some of the uh, uh, patients that we have. And, and there's some that we have what we call acuity cases that are long-term that are more than just you know, periods of uh, an episode or what we would say five visits and out, they're consistently through the course of uh, uh, multiple um, episodes uh, over the course of a year. That's probably consistent with the rest of us. We tend to be a little uh, less active as we go into the fall, late fall and winter months than as we go into the spring and summer months. Anthony, any of the uh, respondents, Uh, sectors, construction or uh, mining or um, any of those that are showing a particular weakness that is of any concern? Well, we've had growth um, looking at the composite. We've had growth in 15 out of the um, 18 uh, industries and in business activity, 14 out of the um, 18 industries uh, reflected growth. And one, uh, the common uh, area we see here is um, agriculture, forestry, fishing, and hunting, has uh, and management of companies and support services. Those two are common uh, on those two indexes as far as uh, not showing growth um, for the particular uh, month of uh, July. When does uh, retail, which is I know a, a big portion of uh, the non-manufacturing report, uh, begin to make its move? for uh, Christmas buying in anticipation of holiday sales. Does that really begin in September, or did that already start to happen? Uh, 
Well, it depends on lead times, but uh, I think that you start seeing the effects of that, the impact of that uh, as September, October, as they're gearing up for the uh, holiday season. Uh, and we'll and we'll see the comments come in from our respondents in that regard as uh, they're gearing up their inventories and and uh, they'll book the the particular lines for retail well in advance. But when you start seeing it come into uh, their actual uh, inventory, would be around the the fall months or so. Okay. Now the the MMI history has been pretty strong for the last. 12 months. Uh, it really started to, and I can't tell you uh, when it picked up and went above 50. You probably can, but it's been certainly above 50 for the last 12 months. When did it uh, kind of make its move above 50, Anthony? Was that uh, somewhat significantly prior to August of 2016, or, or was it just a year ago? Well, in August of uh, 2016 was the last time we had um, the composite index at this level and when i look back to the last time i see it going below 50 and i have a really a long i'm going all the way back to before um 2012 um is as far as the wow. history i have in front of me right now so it's been quite some time before uh we saw the composite in contraction territory and uh it was probably since the you know going back 91 months or so uh, so I'd have to figure out the date from there. It's been quite some time. That's okay. Yeah, that's uh, certainly very, very strong. Uh, any area of uh, uh, concern in either inventory or prices that uh, you know could create a headwind for non-manufacturing, Anthony? It doesn't look that way. Um, starting with inventory, we see that inventories uh, came they came down one percentage point to fifty-six point five. But the sentiment, the inventory sentiment jumped up 5.5 percentage points. And the sentiment, what that index is uh, telling us is how our respondents feel their inventories match up to their levels of business. So sometimes the sentiment is exceeding what the actual inventory level is, and that's because business has waned. And so there was this buildup of inventories as we were seeing this high volume of activity, business activity in the prior months, so now there'll have to be a correction within the respective companies and industries uh, that try and match up to uh, their inventory levels to where their business levels are. And keeping in mind mm -hmm. that the cycle time for non-manufacturing is typically shorter than what you ever see on the manufacturing side, and it's more demand pull. And therefore, uh, as the supply and management professionals within these various companies and industries they always think any inventory is too much because it's really trying to, <laughs> you know, get it through that that cycle of demand pull and just in time and not have any things sitting on the shelves at all. And when you right. look at it uh, as far as prices, right? Prices, there's still really no pricing power out there, even though prices have gone up 3.6 percentage points. And we see in the area of fuel and gasoline. Gasoline is reported, you know, down in price, but yet fuel number two diesels up in price and part of that has to do with the uh the cyclical nature of forward buying and whatnot that's associated with uh the fuel area but for the most part uh we're not seeing uh strong pricing pressure other than some food commodities and and the list is on the report itself 
Um, some are weather-related, like in the produce arena. Uh, there's some seafood items that were also showing up in price. Uh, of particular note is labor, skilled labor specific to various trades and construction. Some temporary labor is both up in price and in short supply. So um, we're seeing some some things along that area. So again, no true pricing power based on what we're seeing is availability and competition across many of the different uh, commodity categories. And when you say pricing power, does that mean the respondent companies are not able to pass on an increase coming from a supplier to them to the actual buyer of the goods or services? It's more about uh, margin and what kind of pricing on the margin they can get on the consumer side, whether it be on a retail or commercial. And, uh, you know, you bring up a good point as far as cost. And this is what I always like to uh, talk about as far as the supply chain itself and looking at rising Mm -hmm. prices or costs within the supply chain. Manufacturing, they are dealing more with raw material costs, and they're transposing or fabricating it into something that uh, would be an end user on the non-manufacturing side. And many times those, just as you mentioned, that prices and increases aren't passed on, they're not passed on to the non-manufacturing side as much because they're absorbed on the, on the, in the manufacturing supply chain. And that's okay. due to whether it be availability, competition, all the various variables that make up uh, uh, cost and, and what can actually be passed on to the uh, purchaser. And we see that it gets absorbed in the supply chain before it hits the non-manufacturing side of things. And that's why we're not seeing such large spikes in pricing uh, to the ultimate consumer. And that seems to be holding inflation down as well as I read the Fed reports. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I was asked that question earlier today. You know, Do I see any hints of inflation right now? And all indications are that we're not seeing that at this point in time. How's the backlog of orders looking, Anthony? Is the uh, non-manufacturing system pretty well uh, balanced, or is it starting uh, to build up on them? We see backlog at uh, 52. It's also half a percentage point uh, from the prior month. And at 52, that's pretty much in line, right, with supplier deliveries at 51. So we're seeing, based on um, deliveries are slowing ever so slightly month over month, and that has to do with, I think, the fact that there's availability of uh, many of the products. Uh, there's capacity. There's no capacity issues. And we've had the buildup of inventory as well. So uh, from the prior month, uh, even though it's down on the percentage side, it's still uh, fairly high relative to matching up to uh, business activity. Anthony, we're familiar with talking to uh, Tim Fiore and, and before him Brad Holcomb about uh, tax reform, regulatory reform, health care reform, and how that impacted manufacturing. And those uh, things were usually pretty obvious. I'm not so sure it's as obvious uh, to our listeners in non-manufacturing. Are those hot-button issues as well in non-manufacturing, and how so? Definitely, especially when you look at the uh, contribution to overall GDP from the non-manufacturing sector. Um, All of those Mm -hmm. have been raised as either concerns based on uncertainty or um, looking at a a positive outlook based on 
uh, perception of a more business-friendly administration. So we've seen things in the past um, uh, reflected in the numbers as well as mentioned by our by our respondents saying, you know, the uh, attributing it to uh, the change in administration, the Trump bump, whether it was a psyche that was, uh, you know, taking place versus actual uh, things coming to fruition. But uh, as we're seeing things come out of the administration in regards to favorable uh, taxes for small businesses and for uh, corporate tax rate and other things, it seems to be having a positive effect based on the respondents' comments that we're seeing. Anthony, I know that the National Association of Manufacturers on the manufacturing side is a, a very strong advocate in Washington for trying to get things accomplished that benefit manufacturing. Is there an equivalent organization or two on the non-manufacturing side? That's a great question. Um, other than ISM um, and you know maybe a few others, I'm not aware of any uh, lobbying efforts such as that. I know ISM does no uh, lobbying as more as we provide a, a civil service. So I really, off the top of my head, don't know. Interesting. I thought there might be uh, one or two powerhouses on the non-manufacturing side considering its its size to GDP. Um, how are export orders doing? And, and explain to our listeners a bit, you know, when what we're exporting, which I think is uh, it's not military intelligence, but it's business intelligence. How's that doing? Yeah, business intelligence, I always like to categorize it as knowledge management. We see um, in the arena of uh, information. So even though we always uh, hear about things being programmed uh, overseas or offshore, whether it be in India or other countries, the actual strategy and the, you know the business strategy side of things or what we export, as well as um, and that's in the information arena, and then there's uh, professional uh, scientific and technical services as well as uh, management of companies uh, though, and support services. Those are the type of things. That knowledge management is predominantly what we see exported out of the uh, non-manufacturing and services arena. Okay. And now in terms of imports, I know it's probably fairly obvious that uh, the importers, the general importers, are going to be retail trade and wholesale trade. Mining, not so obvious. What are they importing, Anthony? That's a that's a great question, and one that you know we don't drill down as deep into that. But I can tell you that that mining is uh, whether it be equipment uh, for excavation, for you know exploration, whatever their uh, their services are, uh, it's whatever mm -hmm. uh, products that they're using in that regard. Okay, okay, and and it seems like there's a number of uh, industries in that import arena that just said that they were operating status quo and so there's uh, a fairly level uh, operation there in imports anything else in the report that pops out at you this month anthony that you'd like to share uh, with our listeners that may be of importance to them i think overall you know we just look at this uh, report in totality we see that the indexes of all kind of came down a bit and it cooled off uh, this particular month. Uh, no need for alarm at this point in time. We'd like to see how things trend out for a three-month period of time before we see if we're going into a pause or a, a definite uh, a slip uh, to the other direction. But at this point, uh, all indications are from our respondents that uh, we'll continue to see 
uh, growth in the non-manufacturing sector. Well, that's encouraging. And, Anthony, we look forward to having you on next month when we talk about uh, the, I guess it would be the August release talking about July. And then uh, we'll move into September that everybody's kind of anxiously waiting for to see how the economy goes. But thanks for joining us again on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Okay, great. Thank you. Appreciate you being here. Thanks very much. And we've, and we've been talking with Anthony Nieves, who is the committee chair for the non-manufacturing report on business. That kind of dovetails in with the manufacturing report on business. Listen to both of these segments on MFG Talk Radio so that you can get a sense of really what is happening in manufacturing. The ISM does a great job just not in supply chain, but actually in looking at both manufacturing and non-manufacturing in their totality and putting out at this, these two great reports. You can find them at instituteforsupplymanagement.org. So be sure and go there. There are actually two reports. There's a three-page summary report, more of a graphics graphical report, very nicely presented. And then there is the uh, 10, 11, 12-page full report. You can get both of those on both the manufacturing and the non-manufacturing side. We also have a number of new pieces of information coming out on Manufacturing Talk Radio. So at mfgtalkradio.com. Come back often. We have new articles that get posted daily. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn because we are always pushing out new information to the manufacturing sector. And we appreciate you joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.